The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory be to God. Ask your neighbor, did you come with your dancing shoes? Oh, your neighbor is not responding. Come on, ask your neighbor, did you come with a garment of praise this morning? Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to make God and God alone the object of your praise and your worship this morning. Hallelujah. Um, make God and God alone the object of your worship, the object of your thanksgiving. Um, if you are like me, and I'm sure on one level or another, we're all similar in one way or another, there are probably a lot of things on your mind. Can I get a witness? Hello? There are, and I'm not saying bad things generally, I'm just saying life. Hello? And um, what you need to do at a time like this, and particularly in a service like this, is to get rid of all the weeds and every other thing that is competing for your attention and make God your focus. Somebody say, make God your focus. Let me preach that to your neighbor. Say, make God your focus this morning. Um, let me read something to us from Genesis chapter 4. Um, I just want to exhort us briefly before we go into all the thanksgiving we're going to be doing this morning. Um, Genesis chapter 4, we read the story of Cain and Abel. And the Bible told us from verse 3 that in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Um, like the scripture Pastor Bola read in the morning, um, there are certain times and seasons in our lives where we have to go back to God, particularly people of God. Cain and Abel were people of God. I mean, the Bible didn't tell us how they knew they were supposed to bring an offering to the Lord, but we can make a very safe assumption that God taught them. Um, right from Genesis, from the Garden of Eden, you could see that they were already doing certain things that obviously they must have learned from God. The scripture told us that God will visit Adam in the cool of the day. And obviously God had interactions with these people. So there are times where God is expecting you to just come back to him like those ten lepers, when the um, single leper that came back, Jesus was, where are the other nine? So when he healed them, or released the word that healed them, he knew they were going to get healed, and he expected them to come back to him. When God blessed Cain and Abel concerning the work of their hands, 
he expected them to come back to him with an offering to say, Father, I thank you. And that's what was happening here. They came back to God or Cain brought an offering to the Lord. Verse 4 says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. So they knew they had to come back to God, which is very similar to what we are doing this morning. We are, it wasn't by coincidence that we set the Thanksgiving Sunday for the last Sunday of the month of June. Why? We've come to the end of the first half of the year. And because we know God and we know the way God operates, we have come consciously and deliberately to give God thanks for this first six months. Hallelujah. But watch where I'm going this morning. Both of them came, both of them came with an offering. And the Bible told us, verse 5, but God did not respect Cain and his offering. And on the other hand, obviously God respected the offering of Abel. The Lord, let, let me read verse 4. I didn't finish it in verse 4. Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Um, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And the Bible said Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And, and we see this kind of experience all through scriptures where different people, in this case it was Cain and Abel, they have the same access to God, they have the same standing with God, they have the same opportunities with God, but God will, as it were, single out one person or two people or maybe a group, and what he does for those people, he didn't do for the other people. And that's very interesting because the Bible teaches us that God is no respecter of persons. Or God does not show favoritism. But then we see, as it were, in scriptures like this, God picking out a favorite. He respected Abel's offering. He did not respect Cain's offering. Remember the story of Jabez. I will give you about two or three other examples. This is something that happened all through scriptures. And the Bible said something very interesting, that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. He had brethren. But God picked Jabez and God distinguished Jabez among all his brethren. They all had the same access to God. But God picked them out. Remember Joseph. He had many brethren, other brothers. But God picked Joseph out and God distinguished him beyond his brethren. Now, there's an element of divine election in some of these things. But when you read these stories like the one in Cain and Abel, and some of the other examples, Jabez was another example, you will find out that the only thing in play wasn't just divine election. Is somebody hearing me this morning? David is another example. God told Samuel, go to the house of Jesse the Bethlehemite. I have picked one of his sons, and I have chosen him to be king in the, in the place of Saul. And that, that story was even very interesting because when um, Samuel got to Jesse's house and Jesse paraded all his, all his 
brothers, and they thought it was the firstborn, Eliab. God said, no, I have rejected him. It's not the one. I rejected this one. It's just like what the Bible is telling us here. God respected Abel and his offering. And God looked at Cain, and God did not respect Cain and his offering. Hallelujah. So, what do I want to point out to us this morning? There's a way we can all come together for a Thanksgiving service. Recognizing like Cain and Abel did that, wow, God has blessed our work. God has blessed the fruits I planted. I, I want to go back to God and thank him, which was what Cain was doing. And Abel. And I want to believe everyone that took the time to get up this morning and dress up and come for this service, you probably have that going at the back of your mind. Oh, wow, six months. I ought to go and th I ought to thank God. Or maybe you are joining online, but you, you recognize, I want to thank God. That's good. That's better than the guy that doesn't even recognize God. But there is a lot more in play. And what I want to just quickly mention um, to us this morning, or teach, I just want to exhort us before we start. Things you can put into your thanksgiving that will attract God, get his attention. Make God respect your praise and your thanksgiving this morning. There were certain things Abel did, if you read the story very carefully, that Cain did not do. Because it wasn't that God was showing favoritism to Abel in that sense. It was just that there are some signs God saw in Abel that Cain did not display. There were certain things Jabez did that his brethren did not do. That God now chose to honor him more than his brethren. There were certain things or certain attributes that David had that his brothers did not have. Divine election notwithstanding. But there were certain attributes that these people inculcated in what they were doing that got God's attention. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. Get God's attention. Hallelujah. Help me tell you, neighbor, get God's attention. Praise God. In our praise, as we are praising God this morning. So three things very quickly that I want you to incorporate into your thanksgiving and your praise this morning. Particularly if you have not started doing it yet. I know we've already taken some time to praise God and to thank God this morning. But if, if you are here today, you've not started doing these three things yet. In this next few minutes and this session of praise that we are going to go into, I want you to deliberately. Can I hear somebody say deliberately? <laughs> say intentionally. Include these things in your praise. Three very simple things. Because it can make all the difference. Hallelujah. It can make all the difference whether you come out of this service like um, on the side of Abel or on the side of Cain. Or on the side of David or his brothers. Or Jabez or his brothers. Or Joseph or his brothers. It can make all the difference. Hallelujah. Number one, as we thank God this morning, is incorporate gratitude into your thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Let me hear somebody shout gratitude. 
I think Pastor Bola already touched on that very briefly. You may not have seen everything you want to, to see this first half of the year. You may even have experienced some disappointments. What, what does gratitude mean? Or when we say um, you should incorporate gratitude into your praise, what does it mean to be grateful? Listen, to be grateful means to be deeply and warmly appreciative. Deeply and warmly appreciative of kindness and benefits you have received. Hallelujah. So you may not have received everything you wanted in this first half of the year. But can you be grateful, deeply appreciative of the one you have received? Has somebody received something from God in the first half of this year? Perhaps we need to remind somebody that you have received life from God. That you are still breathing. Hallelujah. You are in good health. At least healthy enough to be able to come to church on a Sunday morning. I, I think you have clothes on your back. Hallelujah. And the way some of you are looking. In fact, all of you, practically, at least people I can see. It looks like you have been eating well. <laughs> you have been eating. <laughs> you have been eating. In fact, some of you better than others. Eating very well. Praise God. But you must have received something. Hallelujah. To be grateful means even when you have lost something, you are thankful and you are still grateful that you did not lose everything. Again, like Pastor Paul shared with us. So he was in that car with his um, colleagues. He should have been the one to have driven. But for one reason or the other, another colleague offered to drive. I'm always trying to get Pastor Ida to drive me. She doesn't even, so I said, you see, that may be a good reason why you should drive one of these days. She just looked at me and said, you're not serious. <laughs> so when we tell you to hear what they are saying in the testimony, be hearing. <laughs> because I don't think Pastor Ida heard what Pastor Bonan was saying. So I'm using the opportunity to repeat it here. Perhaps you will hear this time. Because if that colleague was like her now, maybe it's another story we'll be saying about Pastor Bonan. So, but that colleague had to drive. And that was when he lost consciousness. So, on one hand, he was feeling bad. Hey, how could I have whatever happened? But he now gained perspective. Thank God I wasn't the one driving. That's, that's what gratitude is. You, you find the reason to give God praise. I, I shared the testimony the other day that I got involved in an accident. My tire burst and, and I was angry. Ah, why should be my tire bust? I got you are lucky that it's covert that bust your tire. And like I said, about a couple of days later, what God told me now actually happened. That what if you had run into somebody? Say it's covert, you hit that bust your tire. What if you had hit somebody on the road? And tonight, or, or just the week after I was going home, out of nowhere, one madman just appeared on the middle of the road in the middle of the night. And thank God God delivered me then. Gratitude. Praise God. Hallelujah. Gratitude is an attitude. It's, it's, it's just... So, it's possible two people can be thanking God, two people can be in a thanksgiving service, they can be praising God, they can be singing the song, dancing to the music, but one person has the right attitude... One person doesn't have the right attitude. What was the difference between Cain and Abel? They both bought offerings. 
But Abel brought the first and the fattest. I mean, that's the difference I see when I studied that Cain and Abel. Cain did not. Sometimes what makes the difference with God is your attitude. Attitude. And thank God you can change your attitude. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. It's a choice. You know what? Oh, I didn't get the promotion I expected. Oh, they gave me 20% increase. And I was expecting 100. Do you know there's an attitude you can develop from that? And you are frowning and complaining. But a grateful person will say, ah, Father, I wanted 100% too, but I'm grateful I got 20%. Hallelujah. And that may be the world to now unlock the remaining 80% or even more than you're asking for. Hallelujah. So num number one, somebody shout gratitude. Praise God. Number two, this one is a no-brainer, but it's worth mentioning it. And I've been pastoring for a long time. And I tell you, sometimes we have to teach people this one. We have to say it again. We have to announce it again. As we are thanking God this morning, as we are celebrating God this morning, as we are expressing our gratitude, include praise in your thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Somebody shout praise. praise. I'm just giving you three simple things. Include Deliberately praise God. Somebody shout praise one more time. What does it mean to praise? To praise means to magnify. Hallelujah. Magnify. And not just to magnify. Magnify above all else. Like I told you, I don't know about you, me. There are many things on my mind this morning. And there are many thoughts going through my head. And there are many feelings going through. As I I'm assessing the first half of the year and planning for the next half of the year. To praise God means above all those things running through my head and feeling, I now magnify God above all of them. Hallelujah. You magnify deliberately. You know God is in touch with your feelings. You know God is in touch with your thoughts. You know God knows what is going through your mind right now. And that means God can know whether you are praising him or not. You can be singing, oh, but you are not praising. Why? You are not magnifying God above, you know, I don't know whether there are football fans here. Maybe your club did not win the premiership last season. <laughs> and some of you are still getting reports that, ah, they have sold our best player. And that's how you came to church this morning. These people are messing up again. They're going to mess up next season for us. Or perhaps, perhaps, I think this one will probably hit one more for people. Maybe it's the current election process going on in the country that is worrying you. Is this the people that we are going to choose for president again? I mean, I know that one is going through my head. I don't know about you. <laughs> and if you are not careful... That will be gaining more of your thoughts and your attention than God in a thanksgiving service. And there's another Nigerian next to you that, okay, we know we are not so happy with the political process. We know things may not be working out here, but you know what? For the next few minutes, at least in this thanksgiving service, I'm going to magnify God above all that one. That's what true praise is. Sometimes you need to shout. <laughs> See, there's a way you can be singing the song. I bless you, God, you are old. And you are singing the song. 
but you are not magnifying it above other feelings that you have. And though you are in a thanksgiving service, though you are, pray, you are singing, though you can say you are thank God, you are not really praising. Am I making sense to you? Cain came with an offering. See, there's this prayer you see in scriptures that let the words of the psalmist prayer, I believe it was, let the thoughts of the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. It's not every song you sing that is acceptable. Why? Because it's not every singing that has that element of praise in it. Some people's singing is devoid of praise. Why? God is not magnified in it. Glory be to God. Remember Acts chapter 16, verse 25. The story of Paul and Silas. When they were put in prison for delivering a girl that was demon-possessed while they were preaching the gospel. And they were thrown in the inner prison. Their feet were in chains. Their hands were in chains. The Bible told us in verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. This is what it means to praise God. And sang praises. They sang praises. What does that mean? They magnify God above the prison walls. They magnify God above the darkness. They magnify God above the pains. They magnify God above the imprisonment. The Bible said the other prisoners heard them. They were listening to them. That is genuine praise. There's a praise that lifts the roof. Hallelujah. It drowns everything else. Oh, I'm in prison, but I'm still praising God. Oh, I'm in chains, but I'm still praising God. Oh, I was locked in prison for doing a good thing, but I'm still praising God because I am magnifying God above all else. That's what to put in your thanksgiving. So there can be an Abel kind of thanksgiving, a Jabez kind of thanksgiving, a David kind of thanksgiving, a Joseph kind. What do I mean by that? The one that gets God's attention. Those guys all got God's attention in their time. God said of David, I have found a servant after my own heart. What, what did God notice? The way David was keeping the sheep. The way David was keeping his father's sheep, that's what God noticed. Ah, so someone can die for sheep like this. That was the lion. Okay, let me just check whether it was a fluke. Maybe he drank too much wine yesterday. Or he, walked the, he watched the James Bond movie. Let's send the beer. And he died for the beer again. God got attention. Hallelujah. Tap your neighbor and say, get God's attention. And this is the third one this morning. As I close. And um, those that are here for baby dedication, please, let's get ready. We're going to do the dedications first. And then we'll just go into full thanksgiving for everybody. Third component that you should ensure that's incorporated into your thanksgiving is joy. Or rejoicing. Joy. Do your thanksgiving with joy. Do with rejoicing. Again, for definition purposes, what does it mean 
to be joyful. Joy is a fruit of your spirit. If you are born again in your recreated human spirit, Galatians 5.22 tells us that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy. So it's a component you have. Just like in your physical body, you have blood running in your veins. And every one of us that is interested can go to a hospital somewhere and donate blood. Why? You have it. You don't have to feel like donating it. But you can donate it. Why? You have blood in your body. The same way you carry joy in your spirit. You can rejoice even when you are not happy. Why? Happiness is based on circumstances. So it's very possible you are in a situation where the circumstances are not palatable. But because you have blood in your veins, sorry, you have joy in your spirit, you can donate blood. Oh, sorry, you can <laughs> give joy. <laughs> Let me tell anybody, you can rejoice. Oh. Right here, right now. In fact, tell another neighbor for me, in fact, if you are not rejoicing, most likely it's because you choose not to rejoice. If you are not donating blood, how many of you have donated blood lately? Don't move too much, the woman I'm talking about you. It's because you chose not to give blood. Maybe because they've not offered you $1,000. Okay. After the service today in the medical room upstairs, we are going to be taking blood donation. And we'll be giving $1,000 for the first 10 people. We only, have, we only need 10 people. How many of you want to sign up? Just $1,000. Listen to me very carefully. Many times to rejoice, you just need motivation. So the Bible told us, Jesus, though he was on the cross, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Jesus saw beyond the cross. He motivated himself. That's how he was able to go through that ordeal. Remember in the garden, he was telling God, if there's another way, take this cup from me. But he now saw beyond it. The psalmist said that he will see the salvation of souls and it is worth it. It's worth dying for these people. Somebody needs to see into the second half of 2022. I'm telling you, God has a better second half for you. God has a greater second half for you. God has amazing testimonies in store for you. And you need to, through the eyes of faith, believing that God will not fail and God will not disappoint you, use that to motivate yourself. Glory be to God. To rejoice for the joy that was set before him. Hallelujah. You will give blood if I, there's, I don't think there's anybody here. Except if you have a health condition. You are healthy that if I say I will give you $1,000. If, if I bring the $1,000 now, some of you will pray I should stop the service. <laughs> you will donate the blood. <laughs> you will. Maybe I will even be the first in line. Maybe, I didn't say I will. Why? There's motivation. There's motivation. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you, the second half of the year will be your better half in Jesus' name. I'm not telling you as a man, I'm telling you what God has in store for you. 
The Bible says your path will shine brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The best that God has is never in your past. Tomorrow will be better than today. It will be better than yesterday. You use that to rejoice. That's why the Bible tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's why Paul and Silas could sing and praise God in prison because they knew what is beyond this prison is better than what is in the prison. When people can't rejoice, it's because they can't see a vision of a better tomorrow. And I pray that will not be you this morning. It will be better in your business. It will be better in your marriage. It will be better in your career. It will be better for you spiritually. Mix joy with your thanksgiving this morning. Hallelujah. If you are grateful, let me hear somebody shout, I'm grateful to God for the first half of the year. If you are praiseful, let me hear somebody say this morning, I will magnify God above all else. And if you are joyful, somebody say, I choose to rejoice as I give thanks this morning. Hear me and hear me well. You will get heaven's attention. You will. And this is the simple truth. This is the simple truth. I don't know what you are looking for. Hallelujah. Pull up Psalm 1611 as we close with that for me this morning. I don't know what you are looking for. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Please understand this simple truth this morning as we go into this Thanksgiving. Whatever it is you are looking for, it can be found in God's presence. That's what it means to get God's attention. Oh, I'm looking for a spouse. It can be found in God's presence. Oh, I want promotion on my job. It can be found in God's presence. I want healing in my body. It can be found in God's presence. That's the place to be. But you can't be in his presence without gratitude, without praise, and without joy. Are you with me this morning? The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00 640.